the fire. God's power is our power. And that, my friends, gives us hope to not only forgive, but to understand and to move through difficult and painful times. You know, as a mother, a wife, a lover, we can pour ourselves into God's mercy, asking for forgiveness for ourselves and for our spouse. Mm-hmm. We can do this even when we feel like throwing bricks at that person. Look out. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke, of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, and welcome to Through the Fire, where we face what's going on in our culture, Mm -hmm. empowered with the wisdom and courage that comes from the knowledge that God is always in charge. He is. And His Word is always sufficient to prepare, forewarn, and forearm us to engage in life. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg, and we're so glad. You know, we're very, very happy to share today's topic with our listeners today. Right, Marie? We are so happy. Absolutely. Well, can you let them know then? <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. We're Today, we thought we'd have another discussion about marriage, but with a bit of a twist. All right. Yeah, specifically, what are some special, specific elements or tools that a couple can access during times of strife and challenge? Okay. Is this something that came to your mind this yeah, week? Yeah, <laughs> for various reasons, like even today. <laughs> Lovely coming in today. I know, I oh, know. It's very supportive here. Very supportive. You were. You were very supportive. I didn't find anything wrong. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and as our Ooh. listeners might remember, we just celebrated our anniversary. Oh, that's right. So why don't you mind our listeners what the anniversary is again? Well, why don't I? So again, the anniversary is the tremendous advantage that I have over all other husbands <laughs> in the country. Uh, our anniversary is August 24th, and the next day is Marie's birthday, so I get all year to plan for both. And I'm virtually guaranteed not to forget. And uh, how could I? It That's was right. the greatest August in my life. Back That's in right. It was the happiest day ever for yeah. you. So not just birthday, not just anniversary, the anniversary. So I either get it really, really, really right with celebrations of plenty, or God forbid, I get it really, really, really wrong, which I never have, really. No, really, right? you haven't. Oh, yeah. No, okay, you're, okay. you've been very good. Yeah, you're much better, actually, than I am. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the anniversary seriously, mm-hmm. is a major event for sure for mm-hmm. us, right? I mean, we get to celebrate another year together, and that's mm-hmm. a blessing uh, mm-hmm. where we get to support, cheer, cry, and challenge one another. Wouldn't yeah. You, wouldn't well, you agree? That's marriage. You know, absolutely. And, and you know, look, we do enjoy that. Uh, we try to be our very best at supporting, cheering, challenging, and sometimes we shall, you know, fall short. Um, but that's all a part of relationships, isn't it? Um, you know, so in fact, that just made me think. I mean, I, I think I'm better at cheering and supporting, and I think you're better at challenging, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Very cute. Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, you make a good point there. Um, we can sometimes fall short. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's most likely we do fall right. short. Sometimes right. our spouses let us down. We let our spouses down. And I'm glad that you said that because relationships like people are good, bad, and ugly. Okay. They are. But <laughs> I, they are I would also... have actually said bad, <laughs> ugly, and good, finishing on the high point there. <laughs> well, okay. I got that movie in my head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but, you know, they're also loving, passionate, and comforting right. and reliable. Right, right. right. And, and too many times people are ready to throw in the towel rather than work through the temporariness of difficulties that are sure to come in life. Yeah, and I know one of your passions, I know in the focus of the work, your work as a coach and counselor, is really to help strengthen relationships and marriages and family. You know, you spend a lot of time researching and even praying for your clients. I do. And, and you know, we don't just step into a good relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's built. And no, it's, it it's, it's intentional work. And, and it's very important to keep families together. It's very important not only to me personally, but, mm-hmm. you know, like we've talked about before, it benefits culture, community, and society to have good marriages. Absolutely. Yeah. So listen, if any one of us was to Google elements of a good marriage or characteristics of a good marriage or what women want and what men want in marriage, you would find hundreds of studies, mm-hmm. empirical, non-scientific, opinion-based analysis that offer, you know, very different responses. Mm-hmm. But I thought just for today it would be fun and beneficial, I hope, too, for our listeners, like you said earlier, if we discuss some of the work of another Christian couple. Uh, they're called, their names are the Parrots. <laughs> the Parrots. Yeah. yeah, and when you first said that, I said, uh, okay. <laughs> I know, I <laughs> but, know. But they're really pretty sharp. They are. And, mm-hmm. and they uh, actually, remember, they... They, they share the same name, Leslie. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So when they get mad at each other, they, they're yelling at themselves? <laughs> well, you know, the mister goes by Les, and the okay. missus goes by Leslie. Okay. And he's a psycho- she, yeah, he's a psychologist, and okay. she's a marriage and family therapist. Okay. So so doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. And, and I know they've written several books on marriage, ranging, ranging from pre to uh, in the moment to second time around, those kind of things, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. It, yes. And their name is kind of cute. I know, the parrots. Well, it's kind of, our names are the same. What? (laughs) Our names are not the same. (laughs) Will you stay focused, please? We're getting closer as we, you know, have year after year together. She starts calling me by her name. Yeah, right. (laughs) That would be sad. (laughs) But, you know, due to their uh, Christian foundation and their Mm -hmm. academic credentials, their life experiences and expression of their marital commitment, I think that they are an excellent resource for people seeking information and understanding of themselves and their relationships. Um, So I thought it might be fun and enlightening to look at the five traits that the parrots have identified. (laughs) Why are you laughing? We'll we'll parrot them back to you. Anyway. Okay, but no, seriously though, they have they've identified five traits that they believe are significant for good marriages to use when tough times come, mm-hmm. and to help battle through things, um, to get us through you know tough uh, challenges and strife. So I wanted for you and I to get into this, and and let's just piece out each one of those five traits and talk about them from a. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. great. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah, because men and women, we bring different beliefs, values, emotions, and actions to relationships. Right. And I do something similar to a technique known as discernment counseling, and that's from the Dotary uh, Relationship Institute when I work with couples. Okay. And discernment counseling fits well with the first five tools that the parrots list as important tools for marriages to apply during bad times. Yeah, you know, so bumps in marriage, difficult times could include... You know, for example, a variety of things like infer- infer- uh, uh, infertility. infertility. Yeah, I was just trying to get that word out, and it's in my brain. It's a hard one to it say. Is, and I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> That's probably the Freudian, Freudian slip Freudian, there. Freudian slip, yeah, exactly. Uh, financial debt, emotional turmoil, um, family in-law conflicts, uh, infidelity. And, you know, you and I both believe most relationships can be healed and couples can stay together. And work towards a healthy, strong relationship, right? I mean, absolutely. That's yeah, 
as love continues to build. It can. Mm-hmm. So, well, this first tool, and I, I like this, ownership, uh, taking responsibility for the good as well as the bad. In other words, acknowledging what you bring into the relationships. You know, and I do remember when we were young, I was constantly worrying about money because I was a pastor and I didn't make very much, and, and I, I really wanted to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. And I was overzealous about budgeting, <laughs> if oh, you recall. You and it, it You gave me $20 every two weeks <laughs> to go get groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Make it last, I would tell her. <laughs> but, you know, over time, I own that struggle because I actually was mm-hmm. thinking that I had to be the one that solved mm-hmm. the whole thing. And it was hurting our marriage. So uh, ownership, I think that's where we all got to start, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I think let's, before we start getting into it, let me just okay. say what the five tools are that I the parrots list. Is that, that okay? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I think ownership is a really important one. Yeah. I and mean, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that was kind of a... You know, courageous thing. Add to, on. Yeah, for you yeah, to share. And I'm really, okay, well, we'll talk okay. more about yeah. that later. So ownership is the first one, and they define that as the per, taking per, uh, responsibility for the good as well as the bad. Right. And the second tool that they uh, identify is hope, believing that good wins over bad. Okay. The third one is empathy, walking in your spouse's shoes. Okay. Four is forgiveness, healing the hurts you don't deserve. And five is commitment, living the love you promised. Well, thanks for running through those. You know, this is the general list that the parents have, uh, parents have identified. And now you and I, I think what's going to be fun about this, we're going to discuss this from our husband and wife perspective and from a theological, biblical, and psychological perspective. So it should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Could yeah. get me in a lot of trouble, but we'll see what happens. No. no, I'm just teasing. Okay, let's start. So again, ownership back to that, taking responsibility for the good as well as the bad. And, and I see this, you know, like I've said, the only person that I, you can change is you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to work on something, you know, you must own the issue and take responsibility. And I do think too many people like to shield themselves uh, from taking responsibility by sharing the blame, you know. Um, but that never helps move anybody forward. And I think so. Uh, I will just say from this, a trait of being a good husband is to learn to be responsible because the Bible kind of lays on the husband the responsibility of the family, and that's a heavy responsibility. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one that we should rise to. I, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't doing that today. Um, and as a wife, I'll say as a nurturer, I believe that we as women can carry guilt and begin negative self-talk for falling short, acting poorly, and are wanting our spouse to mend our feelings. You know, it's important that we realize that we bring good things to the table as well as rotten and not so good things. <laughs> It's true. And that is okay. It truly is okay because that's what it means to be human. Right. By acknowledging our good things, we esteem and respect ourselves. And we do the same thing by acknowledging our not so good things because then when we acknowledge the not so good things, that's when we can repair, refine, and reinforce our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the repairing, refining, and reinforcing honors our spouse and our marriage too. Absolutely. If we deny our wrongdoings, then we don't work to do any of that. Yeah. So, yeah, starting with ownership. Absolutely. And and the next tool the parents identify is hope. And it's obviously one of my favorites, which they define. And, and we could say the same thing, that good wins over bad. And for those of us who know the story of Christ, you know, that's how, our confidence. Good always wins over bad in the end. So why don't you jump in? Why don't you kind of take that one out a little bit okay. first? Okay. All right. So sure. So listen, in my experience in working with couples, married and not married, many of them believe it's important to be right. 
Mm-hmm. And the way that they determine who is right is generally by arguing a point. And What's they wrong argue, with that? <laughs> Gregory, that was the way you used to be. <laughs> exactly. I'm still there you go. You're still... <laughs> on this one. I still think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> See, there we go. <laughs> and here we go. And here we go. Yeah. Okay. So, no, but they argue. They mm-hmm. argue until one of them wins mm-hmm. over the other. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand is that in being right, um, it isn't the most important thing actually at all. If you win an argument with a loved one, you really lose in terms of connection and understanding. Okay. I mean, too many people think that hope is based upon their own strengths. And this is where we fall flat on our faces. You know, hope is, is there when we realize that there is another who is in us and who is for us, who is far more excellent at understanding our spouse, ourselves, and what each one of us needs, mm-hmm. wants, and falls short of. Okay. You know, his power, God's power is our power. And that, my friends, gives us hope to not only forgive, but to understand and to move through difficult and painful times. You know, as a mother, a wife, a lover, we can pour ourselves into God's mercy, asking for forgiveness for ourselves and for our spouse. Mm-hmm. We can do this even when we feel like throwing bricks at that person. Look out. Well, yeah. <laughs> God's she mercy. Ha- she has her arm cocked right here. Right oh, <laughs> Gregory. Not today. Okay. No. Not today. God's mercy and grace really, truly is accessible to us always in all ways. Yeah. So how do you see a husband utilizing, demonstrating, and practicing the tool of hope? Well, I love that tool. Um, And I'm going to step aside a bit and bring in two fellow Christian pastors to kind of aid me. Mm -hmm. Uh, First, I like what Max uh, Lucado said about one of my favorite Bible verses. In Colossians 1, it talks about hope, and the hope is that Christ is in you. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he said, I I love what he said. When grace happens, Christ enters. Mm -hmm. Christ in you, the hope of glory. For many years, he said, I missed this truth. I believed all the other prepositions, Christ for me, Christ with me, Christ ahead of me. I could add Christ behind me, Christ before, you know, all those things. But he never imagined that that Christ could be living in and through me. And he said, Paul refers to it. 20, 216 times, and John mentions it uh, 26 times about God's presence. So when you think about that, what a powerful way of understanding that there's hope. Uh, if this Christ doesn't just lead me, he actually empowers me to fulfill mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then applying that to marriage, I love what another f- favorite pastor of mine, A.R. Bernard, says, and I loved working with him when I was in D.C. Um, he, know, he wrote that book titled Four Things Women Want from a Man, and those four things he identified are maturity, decisiveness, consistency, and strength. And it's Bernard's opinion that these are the four things women want and need most from a man. And so if you look at these four traits, maturity, decisiveness, consistency, yeah. and strength, they demonstrate masculinity, strength, reliability, dependability, and, and it's all the things that Christ is for us, and that's yes. why God ordered the family in such a way. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, women need a strong, reliable, faithful, committed man, mm-hmm. and a man must model these traits for his wife and his family. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, even he can have hope, but his wife and, and women can have hope. And Absolutely. Now, listen, th- that's not to say that men, you know, husbands need to be perfect, mm-hmm. but... It's amazing to me that this is the opposite of what we're glorifying in society today for a man. Mm-hmm. Um, we're giving attention to celebrity that's pathetic, struggling, um, the, <laughs> the <laughs> inconsistent man baby. Yeah. You know, please yeah. take care of me. Yeah, and and obviously that doesn't give hope for the man, and it sure doesn't give hope for the family. That's right. So. I mean, 
Very good. And I agree. You know, men can model hope for their family by, you know, being consistent, being reliable, being responsible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're the the strength of the family, really. Well, and you know, people don't understand. We talk about submission a Mm -hmm. lot in the church. Well, a man is submissive to his family by Mm -hmm. being that foundation. And so that his wife and his children can stand on his shoulders and be Mm -hmm. everything God wants them to be, and they can count on him. That's right. And that's masculinity. That's healthy masculinity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the third tool that the parrots list in their book is empathy. Okay. Okay. I I, I really don't want to go first on this one. (laughs) Well, you have to. It's your turn. You have to. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, empathy is defined (laughs) as walking in your spouse's shoes. And I don't want to wear your high heels even a little. I do have the legs for it, I would argue. Oh, very funny. So, okay. You're Listen. still going first. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get out of that one. Okay. But, you know, we're called in marriage, it's true, to represent God to our spouse. Our, our love for each other symbolic of God's love for us. Or actually, in another way of saying it, it's that it is, is the way that for God's love to actually work in us and through us to each other. So we get to love each other with God's love, which is given to us and then shareable through us. And his love is always other-centered. So... You know, you're always working to give what the other needs. And so empathy is is seeking to understand the depth of that need, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, walking in the other person's shoes. I mean, Mm -hmm. really trying to experience their perspective, their reality at that moment. Man, I mean, it's not easy. Well, it never is. No. Especially when people are different. Mm -hmm. Men and women are always going to be different. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody Mm -hmm. says. No, yeah. (laughs) So we might think we are doing a good job of it, but we often don't because we bring our own values again, level of importance, biases, judginess into the discussion and thought process. I left those at the door just to let you know that. I'm being empathetic right now. <laughs> yeah, I, you're being very empathetic. <laughs> you mean, have another word for it, but you won't say it on here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, as a wife, seriously, though, as a wife, it's important to accept that we may, you know, while we might mutually agree on most things, okay. um, you know, there might be reasons for, you know, agreement that our agreements, even in our agreement, we might differ in that. Okay. Never. Well, you could quit laughing. You're not focusing. Anyway, I'm trying no, to I'm, be serious here because okay, this well, is I am too, a though. serious discussion. You're okay. so giddy today. I am giddy because uh-huh. it's about our marriage. Okay, I love right. that. That's good. That's a good thing. But seriously, for instance, I mean, even if we agree, that agreement may differ. So, mm-hmm. you know, here's a rather intricate example. A wife may decide to stop making dinner after her husband arrives late several times. Uh-oh. And the husband may not even realize how important his being on time for dinner what is to her. You know, okay. he doesn't know how much she planned, shopped, and prepared for their special time. And he thinks that she's making too big a deal about him being late. And she may not know that his boss called him in for a rather negative 360-degree review, and he's afraid to tell her because now she'll worry about their financial security and his self-esteem. So, you know, empathy is best obtained by initially refraining from expressing disappointment and rather asking questions to seek understanding about a particular situation. (laughs) And there you go laughing again. Well, it is a great segue. (laughs) I mean, this is, and folks, we know that this is, it's, Easier said than done because Mm -hmm. your emotions play such a role in it. But this is a great segue into the next. But that's really a very important. um, No, it is, and that's why you got to work on it. To to not jump to conclusions, right? But to try to ask questions, not drill questions, but just to try to seek understanding. Great, and and if Christ is in you and He's your hope, well, then He also gives you the strength to do that because He always approaches you that way. That's Mm -hmm. what's amazing. He He already knows everything He needs to know about you, but He still wants to draw it out of you for your sake. Mm -hmm. So you know, I. think that's why this next tool is even greater, right. which is so, forgiveness. Right. And, and the parents define this as healing the hurts that you don't deserve. 
Um, guess I could go first on this one, but you and I have talked a lot about how difficult practicing forgiveness is. Yeah, that's right. And it, I mean, and it's hard to forgive others, but it's even harder to forgive oneself. I've talked about this and written about this. And if our listeners are interested, please refer to familyvisionmedia.com for my three-part series blog on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's familyvisionmedia.com. Um, forgiveness is one of the more difficult expressions and emotions to honestly and fully enact, truly. Yeah, I know that you and I have talked about, for instance, like couples who lose a child. And and the majority of these couples not only lose their child, but then they lose sight of one another and they start unfairly blaming one another. Mm -hmm. You know, they focus on their hurts and their pains and their need. They have this they need a place to throw the weight off themselves. And unfortunately, that place is often their spouse. And that action may seem unforgivable. Right. I mean, because we're just so so um, weighed, weighed down, right, mm-hmm. by things that maybe... It's we overwhelming. Should, it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And we times, forget yeah. that the other person is suffering too. Right. Yeah, so, you know, sadly, that is the great paradox, really. I mean, why would we cast blame on our spouse who's also suffering? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it because they are the ones who are closest to the situation. And we know they are also hurting and are strangely worthy. It's so strange, but that's mm-hmm. that's why we do it. It's not We're not even aware of it. And we can't throw or cast blame on a stranger or a distant, unattached friend. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We need someone to feel somewhat close to what we feel to throw all our pain on. And it's perceivably easier to blame someone else than, you know, blame ourselves for anything significant. Yeah. Yeah. We say things like, I wouldn't have done Z if you hadn't done Y. And this is particularly true in matters of infidelity. If we were the one offended, then we can use anger to keep our distance physically and emotionally from our spouse. Mm -hmm. And if we are the one who was who did the offending, then we can do the same, rationalizing that we are unworthy of being near them. So, you know, we need to practice empathy to enact forgiveness. And again, we are not saying that whatever happened or didn't happen gets a pass or was okay. No, no. No, we are saying that we release ourselves and the Mm. other person of the burden and the pain and the heaviness of the guilt, shame, and regret of the action. Yeah, and again, this all determines Christ in us kind of thing. And, you know, he, he didn't just pass over sin. He took it all on himself. And so it's he serious. gives us that depth mm-hmm. to really focus on this. You know, and as a husband, uh, you know, forgiveness means asking God to give you the wisdom and courage to see the other person through the eyes of Christ alone and, and then do for them what Christ has and is doing for you. And I think sometimes we've got to be honest about what that work is too for him Mm -hmm. because that's sometimes he goes a whole long way for us when we don't deserve it, obviously. He sees things as they are, but then he also brings us to the person we were created and redeemed to be. So forgiveness is this great exchange. He gets our sin and guilt, which he doesn't deserve, and we get his holiness and grace, which we don't deserve. Mm -hmm. And we we get to start acting like him with others. And, and that's a gift none of us deserve, and it's the most powerful thing when we're receiving it so we can share it. So mm-hmm. I think this, when you think about all these gifts that we have, I think the last one then becomes really beautiful because the last tool of the parrot's list is commitment, mm-hmm. which they define as living the love you promised. Wow. Yeah. I love this one. But I would actually take it a bit further in the definition of the marital commitment, though, because I truly believe that this is one tool that people frequently do not keep. I was reading a few weeks ago that God describes marriage as taking a vow. And Mm -hmm. a vow, that's different than a promise or a commitment. I mean, in my life, I know I've used vow, promise, commitment, interchangeably, when in fact they are quite different. Mm -hmm. I mean, a vow 
is a solemn promise to God and to another person to fulfill something. To make it. Yeah. Right. It mm-hmm. should never be made without discernment. A vow takes work. It takes intent. It takes courage. And I look at it this way. It's, it's the joy of getting up each day knowing that God has made a commitment to you to be able to help you fulfill that commitment, right? Mm-hmm. He's made this commitment through the cross and resurrection of Christ, and and he gives you a love that he promises will last. So then you can begin to put that to work and to live that kind of life with the one you love too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marriage, you know, because it, it is a lifelong commitment. Burniversary. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the anniversary. I exactly, love that. Exactly. I love that we have that, by the way. I do too. But seriously, you know, marriage, because of its lifelong exclusive commitment, is the best relationship to learn and experience love, honor, and devotion. You know, to know and to be known. Yeah. I mean, it's worth the effort. Well, like I've always said, when you get married, you know that you love one another 100% or you wouldn't get married that day. The cool thing about marriage in Christ is that you see what he can do with your 100%, and he can even make you more in love than you can imagine. Uh, He can show you how that is the best work you'll ever love because that kind of love, it it never ends, and it always grows because you you can never exhaust his love for you. That's right. That's right. So if anyone is um, struggling right now, um, you can reach out to us at Candescent Counseling. Um, You can drop us a note. Just uh, The website is cccc dash usa.com that's cccc dash usa.com you can also visit the family vision media website and my contact information is there and uh, god is with you he is for you he is standing next to you he's helping you to wait he's helping you to heal and you're not walking through this alone and so he's in you yeah you know, that's the one i mean and and we don't mean that somehow you be well we don't want to get go into the theology of it too much, but you can count on him. He's even closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And to that degree, you can start to love in him for the sake of others. And you'd think it's impossible. It is, but he's with you. Mm -hmm. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, (laughs) I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. Silly Greg. See See you you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.